0: All so... right. It is now, I love thee because thou hast first loved me, and purchased my power. I love thee for wearing the tongue of uh, Donald Brown. Lendest me breath And say when the dead dew Lies cold on my brow To
1: think of the last line you have sung, and we take it again. I want you to think deeply about that line.
0: My precious Redeemer, my Savior. talking about burden
1: for revival. The fire that drives prayers. We read about prayers. Jesus teaching us about prayer. Can you ask the Lord? My love for you can only be shown now. This is the time I want to show you this love. Lord, speak to me today. I want you to ask the Lord for an encounter today that we make these things we hear here to become life in us. So that we not just keep hearing, talking about prayers and yet we have not started praying. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name who has called us. You called us for a purpose. You called us that we may be instruments in your hands. And that God we may be partakers of your glory Lord as we share your word every one of us from me to my brethren Lord I ask that beyond the voice of my words Lord that your spirit will speak to us in our hearts and cause that as we rise here we will rise with a burden that we cannot cast aside as we remain in your presence and bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. I want to thank God for the opportunity we have to share the Word of God. I want to thank our Daddy and all my other brothers, the clergy, for this opportunity. And within the short time we have before we proceed with the Holy Communion, we are looking at the burden for revival. And uh, like we usually see, each time God speaks, there is a particular thing He wants to pass across. Not the same thing for everybody though, but there is a particular thing that He wants to bring to our hearts. And today we are looking at burden. Burden for revival. We have been talking of revival. Revival, revival. And we have learned enough. If you have not remember, if you don't remember what revival is, maybe you'll order what some of the past messages. It will help you understand. But today, we are going to dwell on that word, burden. Burden. Burden means a concern, a load, a weight. A weighing down, an onerous concern for something. That is you, there is something that is troubling you from deep within. The Bible used, uh, where we read in the epistle, where the Bible was talking of, Paul was writing about Epaphras. He said, because he has a zeal, there is a heaviness in his heart that makes him, that he continued to pray for the people that they have witnessed, the people they are here to talk to. So that burden is the fire that drives prayers. We know that from all the revivals, whether you talk of the revival that took place in the Bible or the Wellish revival or the Azusa Street revival or any other revival, the Ash Taken had said it to us and we have also seen it in the uh, account of Elijah with the prophets on Mount Campbell. There are three things that will happen. There is repentance from every known sin. That's number one. There is renewed obedience and there is the relentless prayers, the three hours. So the issue of relentless prayers is like, is the pivot. On which the other two even revolves. That, that, that's, that's where the other two kind of rest, that they will even happen. Praise the Lord. So we can't overemphasize prayers. And that's why the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus took time. He taught them how to pray. He told them, And if we look at that prayer, he taught them to remember, to first of all start with his own concerns, with the things that bother him. That's why he said, thy kingdom come. That's what was bothering him, that his kingdom be established on earth. So with that, he he made them to know that when they are carrying his burden, It will be easy for them to now run through every other prayer they want to pray. Praise the Lord. So we we say that burden is the, those of you who did physics, that's what we call EMF, electromotive force. It is the driving force of electricity. So if you don't have burden, you can't pray. How many of us have experienced that? You just knelt down to pray and there was not, you didn't find anything to pray and you just knelt down and before you know it, you slept at one turn or the other. Can you raise your hand? Let me see those who have experienced that. Where in the church you'll say the truth. <laughs> it happens. There is nobody. You kneel to pray and there's nothing to say. You just get up. You, you have not succeeded in doing what you want to say, to do. But at other times, there are things that happen, and your heart is burning, you're kneeling before God, you're crying, and you don't even know that time is passing. You're praying, you're praying, and you keep crying. The difference is, one of the prayers, there is a fire inside, there is a burden that is pushing the prayer. At some other time, when you knelt and there was nothing happening, there was not no burden. So. If at the end of this message, we succeed in helping us to have burden for the troubles in the household of God, our stagnant Christian life has been like this all the years of my Christian life have not been better. If at the end of this message, you receive enough burden to say, God, I can't remain like this. If you receive enough burden to say, God... The church is, is the place for the demonstration of your power. It is the, the, the ground for truth. If you receive enough burden that the, the, the depravity in the nation is making you weep, God has succeeded in doing what he wants to do through us today. Praise the Lord. So, how do we even begin to talk of how does the burden come? The first thing that happens is that we must remember where we are coming from. Praise the Lord. Where we are coming from is that we know a God that demonstrates his power, that was with his people. I want us to read Joshua 1.3, Joshua 6.20.
0: Joshua 1
2: 3 yeah. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses.
1: And six twenty
2: Chapter six verse twenty. Yes. When the trumpets sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpets, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in, and they took the city.
1: So we see that when God was with his people, anywhere that the children of Israel did anything miraculous, you will find that God was with his uh, people. If you read Daniel 3.17, you also see that the reason Daniel and his mates were able to go through all the troubles in the uh, Babylonian kingdom was because God was with them. But in our generation, what do we see? What do we see? We look at all the things that we hear about and they look like history to us. I want us to read Acts 3 2-7 to so that we see some of the things that the manifestation of God in the New Testament also. How God walked with his people at that time.
2: Acts chapter 3, Yes. Verse 2.
1: 2 to 7.
2: Now a man crippled from death was being carried to the temple, to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. 6. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, taking him by the right hand. He helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong.
0: Okay. Can we also read 4,
1: 30 to 31?
2: Acts chapter 4, verse 30 to 31. 31. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in hearts and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. But they shared everything they had with great it's okay.
1: power. It's
0: okay.
1: okay. Praise the Lord. So when you read these things, it sounds like history that doesn't exist among us again. Things that happened when God was with his people. And for us now, it looks like it it never happened. And when Peter talked about those things, he said these things are not cunningly devised fables. They are not like Peter Pan stories that, you know, you just fix up things and these things happened. And if these things happened, this demonstration of God's power happened that time, even as the centuries were coming, if we read the things that happened during the Welsh Revival, during the uh, uh, the white uh, Charles Finney and all the others were walking here on earth, you will be wondering, what is happening to us? What has happened to us? That's one of the ways that this burden can come to us. You know Gideon was just looking at the things around in Israel. And how they were being tormented. And he was asking, how, can, how come we have reached to this point that our enemies will now make a means of us? How have we come to this point that we, don't even, we can't experience the power of God again? What has happened to us Some of the things that has happened to us, how we got there was that, first of all, the church, the pillar of truth, the pillar of God's truth, has now pushed God aside and put mammon at the center. When God said, you cannot serve God and mammon, was like many of us felt, the church felt that's not true. And so we started singing, you give me whole world and give me Jesus. Give me the whole world and give me Jesus. The people that had revival were singing, you give me, I know that I take the whole, you take the whole world and give me Jesus. You take the whole world and give me Jesus. You take the whole world. And give me Jesus. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. No, we said no. That's not correct. We take the world. We take Jesus. We can manage the two. But if you read this in the message Bible,
0: the the uh
1: first John two fifteen in the message Bible, the message uh, the Bible says that the love of the world does what? Squeezes out the love for the Father. So that's why we thought we could manage the two. They just, they just bring this, bring this. And uh, uh, somebody we saw of the church now, we cannot say like Peter, silver and gold have I known. We can't say that again. And another person just quipped beside him and said, neither can we say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Because that money, that mammon came and squeezed out the love of God. I don't know how much of that mammon has caught your own heart. I don't know how much of it has gripped us, gripped you and gripped me, that the love of God, the things about God is we can't pick his signals again. Praise the Lord. So, that's the first thing. We must know where we have deviated but we must know how far we have walked away from the standard of God so that in our personal life in the church and in the nation and throughout humanity there is calamity. There is so much calamity. Sin has become something that the church trifles with anyhow. It's just weakness now. His weakness, the only grace we know about is the grace that allows us to sin, that gives us permission to sin. You know, recently I was listening to Professor Ewa, and he was telling a story about a couple in the 70s that uh, were caught in and somehow before they got wedded in the church, something happened, you know, they gave the opportunity came for the devil. And they committed uh, fornication. He said that that man rising from that bed ran to him and he fell down and started crying. I said, see, all the rage, all the things I have been doing for many years is gone from me. Please, what will happen? What am I going to do? He was weeping. She, he was weeping. She, the sister was weeping and You know the people they came to complain to were also weeping and at the end of the day the fellowship decided that because the devil has got a foothold in that marriage, you people should no longer marry. All right? They didn't marry, they went their way. This person found, God gave him another person and the sister found another, both of them were blessed and they are happy in their marriage. Today people who come for counseling Leaders in the church have started sleeping and it's not a matter to them. And these things happen around us. Does it not bother us? Does it not bother us? I'm talking of how to generate the burden to pray. When you look at all these things, does it just make us to sit down and look? You know, when we see all these things, there are two ways we can you know, uh, react to it. The first one is what Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1. I want us to read from verse 1 to 4. I read, the words of Nehemiah the son of Hechaliah. It came to pass in the month of Chislev in the twentieth year as I was in Shushan the citadel that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates burned down with fire. So it was when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned for many years. Excuse me. Some people told the story. Eh? They were like, ah, there is, uh, the, church is, is just, the, the church is just the church is just degenerating. In short, I don't know. Hey, church, that is uh, the church of God and not going They were storytellers. They just told stories about it. They shared it on social media. Those who are on Twitter tweeted about it. One pastor committed immorality the other day. It was on your Facebook page. You reported it. You are a reporter. You tell the story of what... We all tell the story of what is happening in the church, the degeneration, with relish. And it doesn't concern us. But another man was there who had that story and his heart was broken. Some of us are like Hanani and some others are like Nehemiah. Will you choose to be Nehemiah or Hanani, who will tell the story of the evils, the troubles in the church, the, the, you know, even your own life, even our own lives? He just tell the story like that, and nothing. He doesn't bother us. We just stay there. Another person that behaved like that is Ham, Noah's son. Genesis 9, 21 to 22. You know, at a point, in my initially when I read this story, I was angry with Noah. I said, why would Noah get drunk? And uh, why, why would just, he just get drunk and allow himself to be naked? But you also look at it. You saw your father's nakedness. And all that happened to you was just to go out to your brothers and tell them, Look, that is there. He's naked. He's naked. And nothing came to your mind. He didn't bother you. That's the way. You you may think that young young man is stupid. But that's the way many of us are. We just look at the things that are happening in our families, in our church, in the nation, and we're just... You go your way. But his brothers picked a cloth and turned and walked backward and covered the shame of their father. They covered the shame of their father because they knew it was a shame on, he, on them also that their father lay naked. When we talk about the things that had been happening in the church, I want us to know that it is to our shame all of us. It is to our shame. Don't think that there is another person that God may be one one ginger. You know, that's the kind of thing we live with. Things are happening and you see it. Maybe you are even the first person to see it. You say, Well, do but if you look at our Lord's prayer that Jesus taught, which you say every day, he said, start with my own problem. Let my kingdom come. Start with my burden. Start with the things that concern me. I want us to know that unless the church prays, unless, and when I talk of the church, I want us to know that we hold a special place in the program of god because if you go from here to three other churches in this enugu you you will go with dissatisfaction you will go with anger in your heart with all the altar to altar and all the things that are happening there you will not be happy but here we still come and we hear the word of god and we are satisfied i want you to know that knowing that having this privilege is not in vain it's not just for us to be privileged. We come, we're here, and we are fuller and fuller every day. God wants us to pick his burdens. Praise the Lord. So, we can be like Epaphras, who was working with Paul, and he saw he, they were reaching men, and his labor, his, the, 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 the thing that was burning in his heart, was that these people will be established in the faith? That we will be established in the faith. Amos chapter six verse one. I want us to see what God thinks when we are like that. Amos six one.
2: Chapter six verse one. Yes. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria, you notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come.
0: Okay.
1: What is the meaning of woe? Okay, this is not a class, so nobody will answer me. Hmm? But I know that woe means impending calamity. Terrible trouble coming to those of us who are at ease inside. Who feel that, well I've got it all. Whether it is spiritually or physically or anyhow, you feel I am there. I have arrived there. I'm okay. I don't have any other problem. Let me just be going and be waiting for Jesus. In short, we, we, we some of us we are not even saying Jesus stay even longer self let me enjoy the riches i have acquired now let me just enjoy a little of it you, we are at ease in zion what was happening in zion if you read chapters 1 to 5 especially chapter 5 one of the things that happened he said that hundred of you will go to war and only 10 will return Return on investment is 10%. The church will shout, shout, shout. Television ministry, this one, the other one, and nothing is happening. People precious to God are streaming daily into hell. And God says to us, woe to us, woe to me, no, woe to you, woe to every one of us here who will see all these things and sit down and do nothing and do nothing that's what God says this one is not uh, I didn't paraphrase it, he said woe to you who is at ease in Zion whether you are a young man whether you are a, a big man whether you are an old man, there is something we can all do that is something we can do. So, we need to make a choice. Either to be like Nehemiah, like Epaphras, or Ezra, who decided that the things that burden God will also touch them. When we were at UNN, uh, in our Christian Union Fellowship, when they come to do mission awareness, part of what they usually teach us to praise, God, let the things that break your heart, break my heart. Let the things that make you sad, make me sad. That's why what it should be now, because you are his child. If you get home to the village now, and God forbid, somebody just came, brought down your family house, use uh caterpillar and dilapidated everything. Even made sacrifices, blood here and there. And you come back as a young man and you just put your hand like this and finish looking. I say, Well, nah, now Would you would your father is sad and probably on exile because of that thing. And you're just there. You we finish looking at it and it doesn't stir up anything. It's sacrilegious. So what I have just done is to create a picture in our hearts that there is need for us to look around and find that there is a reason for us to pray. There is a reason for us to pray. Praise the Lord. So how do? You, what else do we do to generate this burden? We have to behave like Ezra. Ezra in Ezra 7 verse 10 said that, Look, I'm making up my mind to study, to do, and to teach. What does the study do to his heart? Studying exposes you to the standard of God. Maybe you think that God doesn't mind about all these things. Maybe you think that God, God doesn't bother until you read where God said, and I sought for a man. I sought for a man who will stand in the gap. You will know it's paining him. That's why he's seeking for a man. So when you look into the perfect law of liberty, when you study the word of God, you will find out that you will now come to know the standard of God. You will know what God wants. And when you know that, you will be able to know that what you are seeing is not normal. What we are seeing around us is not normal. And we should begin to call upon the name of the Lord because of these things. Another thing we need to do is that as we study the word of God, we make up our mind to do. You know, if we talk of revival, Revival will not come in the church if it doesn't come in the life of the individual. And that purpose in to do is that if God convicts me that I've not been praying as I ought to, I should arise and get deeper in prayer. If God is convicting me that I only hear the word of God when I come here on Sunday, I should make out time and study the word. So, the determination to do Is a very important aspect of generating burden. Because if you're not doing, that's how you that's why we are complacent. Because many of us, even our own lives, are not correct. Our life is not correct. And so we don't even know which one is. We are just going. I am born again and it's enough. And then teach. Teach. When you see people, when you come to the church and you have young ones around us, teach them. Teach them. You know, there was one of my cousin's son that was killed in one fight they had. And uh, one of the reasons I was happy after the burial was that the priest in that church said that he was just looking at the church one day. relations, uh, his siblings are, go to the Roman Catholic, he chose to go to Anglican Church. And uh, he said that one day he looked at him and just called him and started talking to him about the word of God after service. If you look into this church now, there are so many people who come in and they just go like that. They don't know the word of God. Get them and teach them. Teach. When we teach, we are lifting up the standard of God and It will help us. Another thing that will help us to generate burden is prayer. You know, we said prayer is the EMF. Uh, uh, Burden is the EMF that drives prayers. And we are saying again that we need prayers to get burden. If the prayer you need to get burden is that if any of these things we are talking of does not bother you, the first prayer we need to kneel down and ask God is say, God, give me concern. Give me a body. How can I be alive and things are going round, uh, wrong around me and I'm not bothered? It's like I'm numb. You know, if you have a path now that you touch and it's not feeling the sensation, what will you do? You go to hospital. You will know that something is wrong. So if all the things we have been saying is not bothering you, the first thing you will need to do is to go down on our knees and say, Father, give me burden. Give me burden. I need the concern. This thing that is happening to me is not normal. Praise the Lord. So when we have burden, when we gather burden, we also increase the burden by prayers and we execute our burden through prayers. When the burden grows, You will be able to pray and pray more. And however you look at it, it is prayers that will bring about revival. It is prayers that will bring about revival. Another way that we must get to generate burden is to be sober. There's so much recklessness in our generation, noise everywhere, noise. And because we are not sober, we can't pick the signals of God. We can't see the things that are bothering him. We joke with the things, in short, the church even makes comedy out of our own foolishness, out of our failures. You know, somebody will say, "Ha, ah, this your dress is born again. I said, do you know that that word is sacrosanct? You can't joke with that word born again. No other person can do it except the Spirit of God. And you go to joke with it? Because we are not sober. So we joke with everything. We joke with our life. We joke with salvation. We joke, and we even bring comedians into the church. And they joke with sacred things. We need to be sober. We need to be sober. We need to ask God to give us that that kindness of spirit so that we know what he is thinking. And that's when we will be able to pray. That's when we will be able to pray. And we also need to be continuously yielding to the Holy Spirit. We need to continually yield to the Spirit of God. Because if we don't, he will just stand and be watching us. You know? All that we talk about the Holy Spirit is if you follow. If you follow. In Acts 5, Peter said, God gives to the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. If we yield, we will have more. We yield, we have more. If we don't yield, we'll just be talking about the Holy Spirit like people who are inside the river and it's just like let deep. We have the Holy Spirit. But we are not yielded. We are not lost in Him. So He can't do anything with us. So, if we want to pray and pour out our heart and feel the burden of God, we need to go back and look at our lives. And for those of us who are even in this church, and you come in every day, you go out, you don't know the Lord, you are not interested. The, when, the, when you go out, you just like, haha, is, is it all this thing? We have been hearing it since a long time. The mercies of God is running. There is an, there's one day that the mercies of God will come to an end. You are exploiting the mercies of God. And one day, that time will be over. I don't want to pray that anybody who comes here, who hears the word of God, who will hear every day what Jesus did for us, will continue to trifle with this spirit of grace. If you have not at any point in your life decided for the Lord, if I'm talking about burden, what you should even be having burden is about your own life. Why do I keep hearing these things and nothing happens to me? Can you cry out to God today and ask him to have mercy on you? Let us pray. There's going to be a great awakening. There's
0: going to be a great revival in our land. There's going to be a great awakening And everyone who calls on Jesus' name Will be saved Do you
1: want to call on the name of Jesus now? You want to give your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior? This is the hour of salvation. The Bible says this is the acceptable time. This is the hour of salvation. Tomorrow may not be yours. You have heard of people who died and it's not yet you. Can you at this hour make up your mind and say to the Lord, Come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. As they ask to give praise for
3: you My life time I will give God my life time My life
0: time I will give
3: God my, my life time if I give God my life of God is telling you your life has remained the same you are running it no change ever since you've been going to church ever since perhaps you've been coming here no change you are in charge and you are saying this morning because he's standing at the door of your heart and knocking and saying open I want you to give your life to me and you want to say yes I want to drop a life of sin, a life of pride, a life of selfishness, a life centered only on myself and not on what you have done for me on the cross of Calvary. If that is war, you are singing, and you are convinced you need a change. The burden has come on you. Please raise your hand where you are. Let's pray together with you. That's the best thing that can happen to any life. That's the beginning of revival. And that's even the greatest revival in any life. Making peace with God by faith through Jesus Christ. The burden of your sin and running your life drops. I want to surrender my life to Christ. And I sincerely and wholeheartedly feel the guilt of my past life. Please raise your hand where you are. Let's pray together and let's make sure that you are not excluded. Thank God for you. Please stand where you are raising your hand. If you are raising your hand, please stand. And don't be ashamed of it. This is God speaking to you. And this is the moment acceptable to him. And this is the reason why Jesus came. And this is the reason why the church exists to draw people from their sin and self-centered life unto him who came and died for us. That's the primary reason for the Holy Communion. As you stand... God bless you. Is there any other soul here? Any other heart here that is struggling? This is a moment of decision. As you stand, the law already begins rotting in you, convicting you by the Holy Spirit. As you stand where you are, can you repeat this prayer after me? The Bible says you believe with your heart unto salvation. You confess with your mouth. For with your heart... You are a living in righteousness. And with your mouth, you make a declaration. You personalize it. You appropriate what Jesus came to do personally. Lord Jesus, thank you for hearing me. I am a sinner. You died for my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my past life. I repent of my sins. I surrender to you. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me. Give me a new life. Give me a new heart. Write my name in the book of life. Give me the power to be your child. Thank you for hearing me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Please walk up here, just quickly. Let's pray for you as a church. Let's affirm what God is on your life. Please walk up here, just where I am, and for the rest of us, the burden that can make us desire and earnestly, fervently, always pray. That we may stand complete in all the will of God and fully mature. We are not there. We have not yet been built up unto the fullness of the stature of Christ. We are not experiencing the fullness of his manifestations. We are not experiencing the power as of old. We are not experiencing the glory of his mercy as of old. Epaphras is laboring fervently always with a burden that god may establish that can you ask the lord this is my burden this is my burden this is my expectation lord i will not let go until you begin to bring the change until the time of refreshing until the visitation from on high is upon me is upon my family and is upon us as of old as of the first times that is your burden and that's why you are saying, God, I'm giving my life unto you to be a new thing in my life unto you. Father in heaven, as your daughter surrenders unto you, we hand her over to you and we say, May the old things pass away and may all things become new in her life in accordance with your word and truth. in the name of Jesus Christ. Write her name in the book of life and give her a newness of spirit, a newness of life, a newness of work and a newness of peace that passes all understanding. And the and of the Holy Spirit that is an earnest, that she belongs to you. And may her life run after you, yearn after you, believed in your light from today onwards, to the rest of her life, to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: Take my